Hello. Thank you for downloading this Downtown Hope Sermon Podcast. We're a faith-based community in the city of Annapolis, Maryland, orienting our lives around Jesus and exist to see the people of our city, region, and world thrive with the hope found in his gospel. Now, please enjoy the Sermon Podcast. Good morning, Downtown Hope. Excited to join in this new year with you. For the benefit of those who may not know me, I'm David. I serve as the executive pastor, and this is 2021. Uh, we got a lot of good things taking place. We're excited in this new year. Uh, Colin mentioned the pop-up pantries. Also today, our students will be uh, getting together later this afternoon for bonfires. They're going to be doing that throughout uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, and so there's a lot of information on our happenings page. Uh, check out, uh, check, visit the page, see what's going on. Also, I got some really exciting news. I know so many of us are, are wondering when. And so I have some good news. We're getting the space ready. And so save this date, February 7th, by the grace of God. That is the date we are hoping and striving to have our first indoor or in-person gathering. It's been a long time in the waiting. We've uh, faced some adversity as a team. Uh, but uh, uh, just listen out. Uh, we'll, we'll put a lot of information out. We'll let you know how to, if we need to register, how to make yourself um, uh, register. Let us know you're going to be, be available. We're going to follow all the safety measures in place to offer a God honor experience for us as we gather. So look, looking forward to that day. And so more information will be coming out. Uh, as Colin mentioned, we're in our second week in our Real Talk series gospel transformation. That is why Downtown Hope exists. We, we are being transformed for the sake of the city uh, by the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're focusing in these past two weeks on prayer. And so today I want to conclude this two-week series. Uh, Joy mentioned, if you remember last week, the adversity that our team has faced. And so this morning I ask you, what do you do when you face adversity? Uh, do you uh, throw in the towel and say, I give up no more? Uh, do, do you wave the flag and say, I, I, I can't do this anymore? Or maybe it's what people often tell me when I face adversity. Not a fan of this saying, but, but some people come up to me and they say, hey, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And I don't know how helpful that is, but, but what do we do when we face adversity? Well, well, Paul faced great adversity in his life. And in Ephesians chapter 6, he is going to paint a picture of what we can do when we face adversity. And it is so beautifully interwoven into the vision and mission of downtown hope. So if you have faced adversity or if you do face adversity in this coming year, Look at what Paul says. I want to read Ephesians chapter 6, and I'll be reading from verses 18 to 20. Ephesians 6, verses 18 to 20 reads as follows. Paul says, praying at all times in the Spirit and with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. <coughs> our Father, uh, we come to you this morning with our hands on arms stretched forth 
saying, Lord, here we are. And so, Lord, so many of us know all too well what it's like to face adversity. And so today we search the scriptures, and in searching we pray that we might see Christ. And so, Lord, help us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, 2020 was an interesting year. And 2021 is beginning with uh, some of the similarities that we ended the year. If you remember, uh, last year, our family, we went on a cruise. And so uh, cruise ships are still, they're not going anywhere. We got an email actually this week that said, hey, we're not going anywhere to at least March. And so cruises that are usually flowing in the ocean with an abundance of people are docked. They're at sea waiting. Or, or, or airplanes. In a few days, my family, we are going to be traveling to Ghana. And I promise you, ever since I booked this trip, I've received, if not five, maybe six cancellations because the airline industry is having to navigate. Not a lot of people are flying. And so the, the planes are being ground. Not a lot of people are traveling. So many of us are youngsters. The, the school buildings are closed. And so picture this, picture an ambassador, someone sent on a mission to give information, but instead of proclaiming this information, he is bound by chains. You see, Paul knows it's a bizarre picture to paint, but he puts it like this deliberately to show us and to highlight his special need. See, cruise ships need to be out. They need to be flowing with people. Our, our planes need to be out taking people to and fro. Our schools need to be filled with the laughter of children. And ambassadors ought to freely roam, proclaiming the message of their leadership. But how can Paul do that if he's chained? How can he do that if he's tied up? Maybe we can, we can understand what Paul was facing. We too, if you will, have been tied down. We too have been restricted. Our, our movements have been limited. So we too know all too well what it's like to want to do. But yet we are unable. So at the end of the day, we ask, how am I supposed to do deep down on the inside what I was made to do? if I'm being held back? Well, Paul's answer to this question, the dilemma he's facing, he he determines that, that even if I'm chained, I'm going to continue to announce the good news of the King, the good news of King Jesus, even if it's from a prison cell. He said, I'm going to continue to proclaim this message, but, but I need you guys. So, so, so anyone who's ever tried to proclaim the truth of the gospel knows all too well, the difficulty at times to come up with the right words. How, how do you make it clear? How can you wrap your mind sufficiently around the extraordinary gift of grace and God's saving plan in Christ Jesus and then describe it in such a way that people discover the same truth? Paul says it's going to happen through prayer. And so in this passage, he says this one thing, always keep on praying. Paul knows that unless people are praying for him, he will not be successful in what God has called him to do. So having begun the book of Ephesians with prayer, Joey mentioned it last week, uh, Paul starts this letter in prayer. He spends this, 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 this epistle 
praying for the people. And now he finishes his letter with an urgent request for prayer. And not just that they would pray, but that they would join him in this lifestyle of prayer. And so why pray? I mean, those of us that, that, that have grown up in the church, those that are uh, just used to prayer, we, it's something that's familiar, but, but maybe we're detached. Maybe, maybe we're sitting here and we, we've heard a prayer, and maybe it doesn't make sense. Is it, is it me in a room kind of talking to the ceiling, hoping it reaches someplace? So, so what exactly is prayer? What is happening? Well, see, when you look at the word and what is being conveyed, when we say prayer, prayer, its basic meaning is to stand by to persist, to remain with. When this word is used in connection with objects, it means it's when you occupy yourself diligently with something. It's when you pay persistent attention to something. And what's fascinating is when this word is used in connection with people, it means to be loyal to someone. So, so think about this. This word that we, we, it's so common for us, maybe if we've been in the church. Here's what's being conveyed. Persistence, loyalty, full-time, constant, unending, without break. Friends, why do we pray? What, what, what is taking place? When we pray, we are showing fidelity to the one who has captivated our soul. It's unending. I I don't want to stop. I long for the one that has captured my heart. That's the essence of prayer. And Paul is saying, friends, as you long for him, as you speak and commune with him, remember me. See, Paul is clear in his epistles that that, that the unending prayer is to become our practice, is to become our lifestyle. Paul lived in constant prayerful contact with the God he loved. You see it in verse 18. Paul says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the saints. Paul's heart was captured by God, and so his life was a life lived in unending prayer, Paul maintained contact with God in the same way so many of us talk to our friends when we're texting. The amount of time we spend in front, paying attention, unending devotion, that is Paul's life as it relates to God, and he's inviting us into the very same thing. And so Paul is calling on everyone, everywhere, pray, pray for all the saints at all times, be alert. See, Paul is convinced that the prayers even of the young and inexperienced Christian are every bit as powerful as the seasoned apostle. And so he says, pray. And so, 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 so that's what he says. He says, guys, pray. And, and that's what I'm calling us to, downtown hope, pray. But what's the request? When we pray, what is Paul asking us to do? In verse 19, he says, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Here's the Apostle Paul. Here's an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. He is chained. Friends, if that was me, if that was my predicament and I had an opportunity to write a letter to friends, 
If I had an opportunity, hey, guys, while you pray, this is what I'd pray. Get me out of here and do it quickly. But no, not Paul. Paul says, pray for all the saints. Don't forget to pray about me. But even though I am an ambassador chain, here's my request. Don't, don't pray, God, free me from this. He says, guys, pray that God would boldly give me the words to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Friends, that's amazing. That Paul recognized even in this adverse situation before he asked God, take me out, he saw this as an opportunity to proclaim. And he's asking, guys, I've written letters, but I need your prayers that I might boldly proclaim this mystery. Mystery. What, what, why does Paul say mystery? See, it's fascinating. When you read the book of Ephesians, the word mystery comes up six or so times. Paul spends this gospel talking about a mystery that's unfolded. And he's praying, guys, in your longing for him, in your fidelity to the one who's captivated your soul, please ask him to give me boldness to proclaim this mystery. What is the mystery? Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, the mystery is the uniting of heaven and earth. You continue reading in the, the epistle of Ephesians. And when you get to chapter 3, Paul once again mentions this mystery. And he says, the mystery in chapter 1, uniting the heavens and the earth. In chapter 3, the mystery is uniting Jew and Gentile. Meaning the wall that divided people and caused enmity is broken. And this mystery that I've been communicating to you breaks that wall. So not just heaven and earth. Jew and Gentile, humanity coming together. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, he doesn't just say mystery. He says a great mystery. Friends, what is this great mystery? The great mystery is the uniting of heaven and earth, the uniting of humanity with each other, becoming one with Christ. He calls it a great mystery. Uniting humanity with Christ into one flesh. You see, in Ephesians the mystery is the progressive movement of the heavens and the earth, of humanity towards each other, founding their climax in him, becoming one flesh, the Savior. And Paul is saying, I need boldness to proclaim this mystery because he recognizes something. Not a lot of people know about this mystery. I dare ask, how many of us are aware of this mystery? Just uh, this past week, one of the things I've been doing uh, during COVID is I've been, uh, I'm an aspiring polyglot. I have a desire just to learn multiple languages. I'm trying to keep up with my brother Joey. He's like fluent in Spanish, but I'm honest, I'm getting there. I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, and I, I have a, Sp <laughs> I got a Spanish tutor. And so each week we get together and this just this past week, she, it's, it's funny, like you want to, a conversation to turn, let people ask what I do. I say I pastor, and that, you know, people get, you know, interesting. So she, she, she was railing against the faith. She said she wasn't a fan. She said she didn't like the Bible's portrayal of women. She felt the Bible was very oppressive and very mean towards women. And so then 
So Paul, give, give me boldness to proclaim this mystery. In that moment, I said, man, I, I hear you, but I think you might be missing something. You're missing out on the mystery. I said, do you know why Jesus ultimately came? She said, yeah, he's coming because we're sinners. And I said, no, 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 no. He's coming for a bride. And so although we've probably done a really, really, really bad job of highlighting women, Jesus is coming for a bride. And that's you and that's me. She said she had never heard anything like that before. And she said in Spanish, quiero más. I want more. She wanted to hear more of this great mystery. So for, I see why Paul is saying, guys, man, in, in whatever situation I in, I'm in, I'm going to see this not as an opportunity to give up, not as an opportunity to throw in the towel. I'm going to see this as an opportunity to look around and see who, who can I share this wonderful mystery with. See, that was my opportunity. Friends, I want to pray that this is an opportunity that you too also face. Even if we happen to be locked down, if you're locked down in your neighborhood, who in your neighborhood can you tell about this mystery? If you're stuck on a Zoom call and it feels like it's going nowhere, is that an opportunity to share the mystery? Paul says, guys, pray. Downtown Hope, let's pray to this end that every one of us would recognize that with whomever our lives intersect with, we are Christ's representatives. And as such, as Colin rightly said, we are being transformed for their sake. We want to see our neighbors flourish. So yeah, we might be locked down. We might be limited. We might be restricted. You know what to do? Call on others to pray. Call on others to pray that you might speak. Even in those situations where it feels like Ah, I'm stuck. I want to do, I want to do, but they won't let me. Call a brother. Call a sister. And say, pray. Friends, I've been a Christian for a long time. And, and prayer is often something I struggle with. What do, I, what do I need to pray about? But I tell you what. In the past six, seven weeks, I've prayed like never before. And here's the reason why. I'm living life with brothers and sisters at Downtown Hope. I remember my mom passed away uh, in the fall and June reached out. We're in a community group together. The Bobbicks reached out. And they said, man, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. And, and, and although we live in a culture where anytime there's a tragedy, you, you hear that constant chorus of thoughts and prayers. And unfortunately, in the world we live in, they've reduced thoughts and prayers to this, this cliche of nothingness. No, not for us. Not for me. Man, your prayers got me through a very difficult season. And so life gets mess messy. I mean, we get together every other week, whether it's in person, at a, by a fire, in a backyard, whether it's on a Zoom, whether it's a phone call. Friends, it is refreshing to know that I can call on my church family and say, guys, pray. And I'm not just, what, I, what I've learned is I'm not just praying, hey, get me out of this. I'm saying, guys, pray that I might learn how to proclaim this boldly, this mystery. You see, that's what Paul prayed for, and that's what we exist for, gospel transformation. Friends, we exist 
because we are being transformed. Downtown Home exists because we are a body of believers being transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ for the sake of the city. And so look at the predicament Paul is in, chained, can't go anywhere, but he has an opportunity that he will not let go of. And it's fascinating. We were, theology team was getting together, and Andy Lomax, he, he showed me something, never dawned on me. He said, David, I, I don't know if this is, like, chronological or if it's just God. But he said, turn to the next page. So I said, cool, turn to the next page. Do, do you know what the next book is after Ephesians? It's Philippians. Remember, we did, did that. Press on. But so, so here's fruit of the prayers of the body. Next chapter. You close Ephesians, you open up Philippians chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul says this, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Friends, that's an answer to prayer. He says, hey, I'm stuck. I'm facing adversity, but I'm going to see this adversity as an opportunity to speak truth. So that's our desire, Downtown Hope. 2021, we are going to solidify ourselves. We're going to strengthen ourselves. We are going to be girded by prayer. Our elder team at the uh, end of last year or over the summer reached out to our ministry team and asked, what are some of the things you want us as a church to focus on? And we heard our team loud and clear. They said prayer and not just prayer, but missional prayer. Prayers like this. We're praying, Lord, give us boldness to speak the mystery of the gospel. And so this year, downtown, we are going to live in that reality. And how is this going to play itself out? Well, our community groups always are going to be environments where prayer is taking place. If you remember, not this past year, the year before, when we got together in preparation for Easter, we did 24 hours of prayer. By the grace of God, our prayer team, we're going to be planning how we can provide more opportunities for the body to come together corporately for times of prayer. Uh, If you remember last fall, the Women of Hope, they did 30 days of prayer. And so we as a church family, there's going to be many opportunities for us to pray. Our staff is praying weekly. Joy mentioned our elder team, 4.30 every Monday is prayer. Downtown Hope, this is because we recognize that transformation is going to happen, not because we're eloquent with our words. It's going to happen because of prayer. And friends, whether it's in person or virtual, we will not be held back. If Paul Chained can pray and solicit prayers from these people, we too, no matter what our circumstance is, can ask for prayer. So don't give in. Don't give up. Maybe you feel grounded. Maybe you feel docked, like there's something you are born to do, and maybe 2020 and even the beginning of 2021, you feel limited. What do you need? You need us. What do I need? We need each other. We need to pray. And so, friends, if you want to see gospel transformation in this city, I want to echo the words of Paul where he says we ought to pray at all times in the Spirit 
with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So I want to give us pause and just to listen to the Lord. Who might the Lord be calling you in this moment to pray for? I'm going to invite Migs up as we uh, reflect and prepare ourselves for communion. But friends, let's not take lightly moments like this where we can just reflect and quietly listen to the voice of the Lord. Who might he be calling us to pray for? And again, praying is not just a cliche nothingness. It's action. Maybe after this gathering, you pick up the phone and you call a person and say, brother, sister, man, the Lord laid you on my heart. I just want to let you know I'm praying with you. I'm praying for you. That is strengthening. 